Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Channel Perspective. I'm your host, Justin Land, and today we have with me Gita Rose. She's a vocal channel and an intuitive guide. Hello, Gita. Hi, Justin. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing well, super well. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me here today. How are you? I'm doing good. Thank you for coming. Uh, I'm doing quite well. Uh, yeah, it's obviously evening time here, about eight in the evening, and you're just starting your day, so... Maybe yeah. a bit of different energy vibe here. I'm a bit more on shutdown phase. <laughs> well, thank you for adjusting for our cross-connecting timelines. I appreciate it. So. No, I think it's also, I love the combination of light and dark anyways. I feel mm. like, uh, like I talked to a lot of people in California, obviously a totally different time zone. And so a different type of energy is vibing with my energy. At this, it's all perfect as we know. It's all perfect. Yeah, that's what it's all about is finding that that blend, that trinity within the polarity, right? Mm, definitely. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I've I found you, um, I think, you know, randomly also on YouTube in the past. And Tyler mentioned me, you as again, uh, when I had my conversation with him that I should reach out. And I was like, yeah, definitely. And um, you seem to have uh, come from a background that's uh, I would say, is it music and um, acting? And and then you kind of develop this extra ability to channel vocally, correct? Yes. So I was uh, trained as an actor and a singer and a dancer, primarily in musical theater from around the age of five years old. Um, and that was my excitement. That was my trajectory. It was Broadway or bust. I studied in New York City. It was very much uh, of that world. And I was always connected to my imagination, to the importance of storytelling, and to, in ways, uh, the spirit realm and the elemental and the fae realm. But the concept of extraterrestrials was something that was unknown to me. It was kind of like blinders. Uh, I know now were put on me from my higher self prior to the incarnation so I could have the particular experience that I needed. And then when it was time, a series of synchronicities revealed themselves to me. And I met a friend of mine who was the first clairvoyant that I had ever known um, outside of the movies, right? She was like a level of experience where I was like, this is real. You need to tell me everything you know, like what? Um, and so she did. She gave me a reading, um, which was like my first clairvoyant reading. And she told me, oh, you've got all of these ETs in your space. And I didn't even know what that meant at that moment. I was like, what are you talking about? Like ETs in my space? Like, are you talking about aliens? And what do you mean in my space? And she was like, yeah, well, aliens are real. At least I think so. And a lot of other people do. And what I mean is like in your energetic field, like in your agreement field, you have a lot of alien ET energy. And, and in that moment, it was like the blinders like just came off. And I, I remembered, oh, of course, ETs are real. And not only are they real, but it's how our modern human genome got to be where it is. I had that memory in that moment. Um, and then flash to a couple of weeks later, uh, we were spending some time, the same friend and I, and she invited me to smoke some cannabis. And at that point, I didn't smoke cannabis at all because it always affected me in ways that I had no um, classification for. Um, 
I would be hanging out with like my punk rock friends when I was in high school and I would be having conversations with God and they're like playing video games, listening to the misfits. And so I, <laughs> I never smoked weed because I didn't have a structure for it. Um, it put me in places that I didn't understand. Uh, but at this time I had practiced some traditional meditation, uh, Vipassana style mindfulness meditation, and I felt really safe with this friend of mine. Uh, so I took one hit of cannabis and was immediately put into an altered state. Um, I was guided through a meditation by her because I expressed to her that I was experiencing a lot of fear. Uh, in this moment. And then she led me through a parts work exercise, leading me through my emotions. Um, and at this point, I had no awareness of vocal channeling. I didn't know it was a thing. I had never heard of it. I never knew of any particular vocal channels. It was unknown to me completely. Um, and in this moment, because of being an actor, once I had reached a level of finding the alchemy, the power in the sensation of fear, the experience shifted. And I was aware that I was talking, um, that things were coming out of my mouth, um, but that my consciousness, my focus was split. Um, so this will happen sometimes for actors. It's of course, like not the thing that you aim to do. Um, it'll happen perhaps when you're on autopilot um, a little bit where you are in the channeling state, you are in the flow, but like you're just doing it for like the 50th time and the part of your brain is like, oh, I didn't have enough lunch today. Da -da 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 -da. Oh, the boy in the second row is kind of cute, but you're like, you're talking and things are coming out. So I was actually very comfortable with that state of consciousness and I was aware that I was talking and then I was aware that there was information that was being sent to me through my heart, um, through my emotions. And that was the introduction of the um, ET energy and they were sharing with me that uh, yes, this is what they, I would understand to be extraterrestrial, and this is how they are making contact with our planet is through utilizing biological telephones. And I have an agreement. Uh, and if I would like to continue, it's time to begin. Um, and I was taken through certain levels of understanding of what I might experience um, and prepared in a variety of different ways. Um, in terms of challenges that I might experience. Um, but then also they showed me at the end of the day, we can guarantee for you that everything you've ever known in terms of the imagination being how it works, uh, that everything is, a, we can guarantee for you that you will know this is how reality functions. So I was like, okay, cool. Like sign me up while I was talking, um, channeling. And my friend who was there to, uh, bear witness to this was very familiar with channeling. And so she was really excited and really curious and was asking questions and kind of seeing where the information could go while I was receiving the initial introduction. Uh, and then I came out of the channeling state and she looked at me and she said, okay, well, that's called vocal channeling. And there is a particular channel that 
that energy that you just brought through was very resonant and very similar. So you might want to check out this particular channel who's very well known. I'm not officially affiliated with um, the particular channel and I have fun not saying the name. You can say it if you want and I will just yes, agree. Um, but it's fun for me to play uh, in this way. So I, I looked up this particular channel and there was an immediate resonance. And through, again, a series of synchronicity, I learned how to channel without the aid of cannabis. And I actually met this particular channel and a lot of people within the community and received uh, reflections that, yes, you have a similar agreement. And uh, yeah. Here you go, kid. Um, and this was uh, this was ten years ago um, oh. that I had this experience, mm -hmm. and I followed the path and the trail, um, and learning who Bella is. It took time for the puzzle pieces to fall into place in terms of who she really was, who she is. And then about two years ago now, I knew that it was time to step forward and start sharing publicly. So um, yeah, long story, but that's, oh, that's, how I'm, that's how I'm here, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's, uh, and I guess that, um, I'm thinking the channel you're referring to is Bashar's Dear uh, Anka. Uh, and yeah, for me, that was a gateway as well as to under this whole realm of channeling. Uh, and yeah, it's a very unique style. Uh, and I do see that it's also kind of reflected in, in the way you present your, um, obviously you're, you're doing a, a channeling that's from uh, Yael uh, being who uh, Bashar says is, that would be the race that will first contact. Uh, well, potentially. potentially, there's always different timelines, I guess, did that change recently? Or? No, it's just our wording is very precise and specific for a variety of different reasons. Mm -hmm. So it is most likely the first hybrid race. Okay, right. And uh, perhaps because they're also the most similar to us, can we say that or? Yeah. And I also like to state too, I think perhaps most people that are going to be watching this are familiar with this specific lineage, but I always like to remind us that are perhaps connected to what Bella calls the hybrid lineage and this specific frequency. And for anyone that is maybe finding us that is like, we have no idea what they're talking about. It is this really in-depth, amazing cosmology that Bella does refer to as a type of saga, as a type of mythology. It really is... Um, it's a, it's a real world, of course, right? It's real people and real civilizations and it's our DNA that has contributed to the creation of these races. But also she always likes to remind us of the importance of story. And in my experiences, it always leads back to that, always leads back to that, that yes, these are absolutely real experiences, differentiated civilizations, but also there is a level of understanding the world building and understanding that I, sometimes I um, refer to all these different races and different aspects of the lineage kind of as like a Lord of the Rings kind of setup, right? Mm -hmm. There's all these different races and kind of different levels and layers and densities and this whole map begins to unfold that really is this beautiful, amazing, very real uh, mm -hmm. cosmology, mythology that we can utilize to help us on our journeys in each and every moment. And it's really a permission slip. It's a tool. It's an exercise. It's an idea that we can utilize to further know who we are in the hero's journey, right? Mm -hmm. In this kind Definitely. of sangha to, to fully know our place of being the ultimate protagonist and creating our own reality fully. So 
I always like to hold the space of the dichotomy of that, of almost the contradictory nature of being like, it's true. And also, what if it isn't true at all? What do we do with it? How does it actually help us in this way? So I always like to state that. And then, yes, um, in terms of simplifying the saga and putting it into a linear context, um, the Sasani or the Shakani are of a different vibration and have a different composite of genetics. Whereas the Yayel, again, in like a linear way, would have been created after the Sasani and have a different vibration that is more closely connected to Earth and have a different composite of genetics that are closer to us. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is why they may most likely be the first ones to really fully merge with us. And everything's shifting in terms of contacts and in terms of how and when and why different civilizations will present themselves. And we are in the process of watching that unfold and meeting other extraterrestrials potentially before we meet the Yael. Again, it's a whole cosmology, but it's really all about how does it help us in our day-to-day life. Exactly. Yeah. That's, uh, that's where it actually has to be tested. And I mean, no matter where it comes from, it, it, it's always that message we can't do it for you anyways. So it's, it's, it's there, that, there seems like a balance of how much, you know, how much is steering it. They're not these higher beings. I mean, well, the higher beings steering it is us. So this is another thing that, right. It's our higher selves that are in communication with us. We are their Mm. bosses in a way in terms of when the, information is coming through the channels because that's how they're making contact. There are steps and stages and protocols that these beings are following and where that's coming from. It's not coming from some omniscient uh, alliance outside of us. There may be, again, some levels of that within the cosmology, within the story that has a level of truth. But what's really relevant is that they are in communication with our higher selves. And at that state, we are the ones telling them, okay, don't say this. Yes, we want this. Don't, don't reveal that part of yeah. the story. Don't give it away. You know? Yeah. No, it's fascinating uh, because as you said, with the way channeling works is a, a visceral also f- experience that you have that people may not have experienced that they can understand how such a, a unity that appears to be a duality would work. I mean, like, because you, you literally experience in that concept of who you are, the two identities, and then mm-hmm. you can see, okay, well, one can be the inner self, one the, the egoic persona. And uh, I think from what I understand is on that level, of course, it's our higher self filtered through these beings that, also, some of them are very much like AI. Um, that's another aspect, I think. Non-biological consciousness. Yes, because if you think about it, that's like the, you know, um, non-attached and really just it wouldn't be moved by from its middle. You know, that's a very interesting, uh, like, can our higher self, Bashar said that our higher self could really communicate quite well through AI. Well, yeah, because also to a level of what we're really understanding in our remembering process of our experience 
and this is something that I've been really on my own journey getting this within the last few months is that everything we are experiencing, everything, 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 everything we taste, touch, hear, feel, see, observe, literally mm. everything leaves nothing out is an aspect of our higher self. Everything mm. is yeah. our consciousness reflecting back to us. It is mm. our consciousness that is creating the matter that we are experiencing right now. I am projecting myself into the game. But like really what's happening is we are all agreeing collectively and individually to create our own version of planet earth. It's not like we're incarnating into the matrix. There's nothing outside of me that I am birthing myself into. I am agreeing to from my higher self conscious spirit level to actually project and manifest my own world through my own consciousness, everything. So in that sense, even for example, us right now having this conversation, right? You are in one way of looking at it, fully coming from my own consciousness. You are your own universe then in turn that is creating and projecting me from your consciousness. Mm -hmm. And then when our two unique perfect, necessary universes come together, we're kind of making, not kind of, we are then making a third universe. Mm -hmm. And that's to be said with any and all interactions and the connections with the hybrids or with other energies. And in terms of the Trinity that's created when my consciousness connects with Bella's consciousness, and then we create a new third consciousness, that's a again, a tool, a permission slip, a story for us to be able to understand that we are doing that with everything that we see, that we do. Mm -hmm. And it's so multi-dimensional and so dynamic that we can't even imagine what the actual geometry of that looks like. Mm -hmm. Like there are 7 billion universes that are continually co-creating a third, right? Or like the mm -hmm. one universe. Um, and and I'm really honest in sharing with people that I'm still in my own process of getting this, right? Like um, we can understand it as concepts, right? We can intellectualize it, but it is only through our experiences that we create the manifestation that we need for the physical mind to know these things, for the feeling body to insert new beliefs and operate from these things. And that's why the hybrid lineage always goes back to the idea of the formula of embodying the form that you love. Again, I will state for the record, I am in no way officially affiliated with Bashar Communications. And my perspective of this in terms of saying it the way that I say it and the way that we share it is there's no need to reinvent the wheel. Mm -hmm. um, at yoga, right? Sun salutations, you do sun salutations in a certain way. Mm -hmm. Hands up above, full forward fold, half lift. You like, it's just how it is. Um, and you wouldn't change that, right? It's why reinvent it. So in terms of what this idea of the formula is, is from the hybrids perspective is how we create our reality completely, right? We are aligning with our joy, taking the action when we can to the best of our ability, all translation of our joy, committing to it all the way through until we can take it no further without any insistence and being in an integrative state, regardless of what arises. And it's through that conscious dedication 
or a live occasion, as Bella likes to say. She doesn't like the word dedication, which I think is funny. Um, so it's through that conscious alive occasion of being the form that we love that we then create these different experiences that allow us to essentially know more and more this core concept that nothing is outside of us. Absolutely. And uh, it's funny because, you know, as a permission slip, uh, science fiction, fantasy actually work quite well uh, for describing the hero's journey. I mean, you can describe it obviously also, I mean, like an accountant goes to work and has his, the drama and everything. And there's obviously this underlying tone, but like the, uh, the so much of this higher, how do you say, hmm, higher level concepts can be communicated so well with um, science fiction. For example, I was just watching what was the uh, raised by wolves. I don't know if you're, you maybe heard about that. And there was a scene in there, like, um, cause you're talking about awakening, like to that everything is you right and then they have a, a scene where she's uh, it's hard to describe but she's in a, like a cocoon state where she's in a virtual reality this android who has a like a sensual sexual experience as an android for the first time and then when she wakes up she has a mirror reflected at her that shows all her images reflected back at her and it, it served a different purpose in the in the movie but when i was watching it, i was like okay yeah this is like it's so it's so beautiful because it, it has this allegorical feeling to it. Like, um, you know, storytelling, which is what you say you do as well. It's like, yeah. um, you know, we're telling our own story. So why not, you know, in every little aspect, it doesn't matter if it's, you know, watching a dog run around a field or, you know, there's some, there's some message in there from the higher self. But for some reason I must say I'm attracted to these, really bombastic science fiction fantasy stories and i really get the the message from my inner self telling me you know anything is possible and, yeah and yeah what do you about that storytelling aspect i mean to make and how's that incorporate into what you do i mean what do you yeah uh, well, for my understanding, and also to uh, reiterate and to continue to share what this precise lineage shares, is that storytelling is the way that humanity understands concepts. It's the way that we retain these core, simple truths, right? The or the the laws of understanding, the laws of creation, um, and it's through storytelling as well that we are able to find our own translations right because it's so important for all of us to be able to really step into our unique perfection and it's through storytelling that the brain is actually able to utilize both the right and the left side at the same time um, being able to be in an analytical logical place and then also within the imaginary receptor so there's very real things that are happening in the brain that'll allow us again to kind of find this uh, trinity the the uh, the center point or the nexus point that in my translation of it allows us to be able to find our own truths in relation to our higher self and the way that the imagination brings through these core concepts um, and it's also really done in a really beautiful way as well, where it isn't presented as this is truth. You need to believe this. And if you believe this, this is going to change your life. And this is how it is. When we read a fiction story that comes from, or watch a movie or whatever it is, that comes from this 
core aspect of the human experience and is aiming to just expand imagination, like you said, to know that anything is possible. It is then that our imaginations are able to take in what is true for us and give us the translations of what is relevant um, for our next leg of the journey. Um, so Bella utilizes a lot of story um, more and more, and this has been a bit of my own uh, private interaction with her right now is beginning to write stories and fables um, from her civilization that eventually it'll be timing to share that. Um, and then, like I reminded both of us before, she always reminds people, even when she's sharing with, with an individual that they might have um, a level of participation in the hybridization program, she always reminds people, again, you can utilize this as a story. She, it's kind of one of her constant bedrocks of, um, of reminding that so people can extract whatever the lesson that they need is. And then for my own personal life, um, I play with the idea of story all the time. I think, again, this is something that comes from my bringing up in the theater, my growing up in the theater is that at a very, very young age, my brain wired in the understanding that this is a show. I, I was playing someone else more than I was being myself, or I was in rehearsals more than I was doing anything else. And I think combined with who I am as a spirit and the extraterrestrial agreements that I didn't know that I had, but was still a part of my being, I never forgot the level of the awareness of knowing that this is an experience. So in my own day-to-day -day life, in terms of uh, actually being able to extract the positive benefit, regardless of any situation, right? First, we remind ourselves that, oh, this is from me. This isn't happening to me. It's happening not only for me, but actually from me. And being able to first remind ourselves that it's our own lesson, our own invitation for initiation and refinement that we're seeing. And then to allow ourselves to remember, oh, not only is this from my consciousness, but it's also a story that I'm playing out. It's a scene. It's, it's the next aspect of, of the drama. And so the actor is on book, right? The higher self knows the story. And our perceiver, our physical mind is the character in the story. The character doesn't know what's happening next, but the actor does. And so I utilize that um, analogy a lot in my own waking life. And, and then I even play with the idea as well that, okay, well, if I was writing this book of my own life, part of the experience that the character is in is remembering the world. You're, you're not reading a book where you're given the outline of the world building. You are immersed into the character's experience where the plot is the process of her remembering the world building, of her being like, oh, okay, it's actually it's constructed like this. So I play with that a lot in my own waking meditation in moments where I align, you know, especially during these times of transformation where we see a lot of things that we outright don't prefer. Um, remembering that it's coming from me, remembering that it is an experience and then remembering, okay, if the character in the story, how can I utilize this to extract the lesson and make the integration? Absolutely. That's a great analogy, being the actor and the character. 
and we think we are the character, but we're actually really the actor. And well, we're we, both. Well, we're both, but if we, we're the actor who's forgotten that, I mean, he's playing a character or she's playing right. a character. And we're gradually learning, okay, we're not so rigid here. We don't have to, we can do a bit of improv here. We don't have to follow exactly. the same freaking way we, we did things before. And that is a lot of freedom that can't be dumped on somebody too quickly. It's obviously, there's a, a bit of integration that happens, I think, this uh, yeah. this time. Uh, for, for me, it's been, you know, four years of, you know, seeing like every day, of course, the synchronicities and, you know, the, and, but figuring out, like you said, this perspective, which has, you know, come up recently with, you know, last couple of years, more and more, of course, it's always for me. So it's my from. judgment. For, from even better yes and from me from me for me to uh for the process of um, self-realization and that i'm and you we're we're, every, we're all each other and uh, reflecting on different aspect of something that we need to remember <laughs> and yeah. uh, it's, it's a beautiful way of thinking about it and it's it solves all problems obviously between humans and society it's just like okay, I don't prefer this, but, you know, it's something in there from me to me. Yeah. And so I should honor that aspect of it. Uh, and I think it will disappear, obviously, once the message comes and we integrate that. Correct. Once we integrate it and take a level of ownership with it. And I really do think in these times of... Uh, again too what's really interesting is we are the transformation itself that is occurring again it's not so much the idea from my perspective that we are in a transformation we are the transformation itself mm -hmm. um and so that involves a level of ownership of this and this gets in, again into different aspects of what it is that um, the character created in order to have the human experience, right? So we have tricked ourselves to have the experience of being in a trick, right? Mm -hmm. And the trick is to remember that we've tricked ourselves. But part of how proficient we are as creators is there's the aspect of our ego that will continue to trick us to think that we're in the trick. Mm -hmm. And especially right now, I feel that there are a lot of cases where the ownership of we are creating our reality uh, to some degree and when we are operating from some belief systems becomes a question of convenience or when it feels nice, right? Mm -hmm. When we align with a positive synchronicity, we're like, yeah, I create my reality. When we see something that we don't prefer, they're like, oh, they are doing this to that. This is just, we like, we're getting a shit storm this year, right? And, and there's the level of, again, the experience that we have created from the uh, character aspect that designed these different denser beliefs um, to have the experience that is fighting to, to keep us in the perpetuation of the trick. Um, and in my, in my experience and the way that Bella and I share these concepts with people is it's about taking full ownership of all parts of ourself. And then by proxy, we're taking ownership of all aspects of our external reality that we are witnessing. And we do this by 
shining the light of unconditional love to aspects of ourself first and foremost, right? So it's not about telling these aspects that hold these beliefs, these constructs that they need to be let go of. It's about choosing to focus from the actor perspective, the part that knows it's in a show, because most of us, we know that and we can observe the split. We can observe like, oh, there's this part of me that is in the experience still of the separation. And there's the part of me that knows, oh, it's all coming from me. So it becomes, again, an alivication and an aspect of commitment to ourselves to choose the part of us that knows it's in a show, that knows it's having an experience. And again, this goes back to the formula. This is why every question can always be answered with the formula. And then it becomes the process of being really honest with knowing what our true excitement really feels like. And a lot of the times it does involve a certain level of pushing ourselves. So I'm, I'm, I like to be very honest with, with people. So every time that I go to do a channeling session, every time that I do something like this, I'm nervous. My heart is beating out of my chest. There's a part of me that's like, I don't want to do this. I'll just stay in bed. Like, that's fine. Every time, every time that I, you know, put on the little plumeria behind my head and I get ready to, to bring in Bella. I'm like, this is weird. I don't want to do this. Like, this is weird. But you choose to know that it is your joy. It is your real excitement that you, it's like going to the gym, right? Or working out. Like there's going to be that part of us that's like, no, you're, you can rest today. It's good. Just stay in bed. And then there's the part of you that knows how good you feel after you work out. And we make that, that, that pull, that push, right? Um, and then that becomes the refinement process of really following our joy and our excitement and knowing what really is our conditioning versus our true excitement. Um, and especially during these times, I think it's really important to take full ownership of all of the different things that we're seeing and to, to really ask ourselves, why am I seeing this? What level of this is the lesson for me? Is the lesson that it isn't me and I can find the reflection within myself to see where I've, is there one speck of dust that I find within me? Is my excitement to take action in different ways? Um, and that's really where it becomes the beautiful interpersonal process where there isn't one answer fits all. It becomes the full ownership of the hero in their own story and the, the moment of the um, trials and tribulations and the at one mentor, right? It's that full uh, commitment to looking at the self, which um, a lot of us still don't really want to do because I think we are in ways afraid of our own power. And there's still the, um, the idea that's very, very deep within our genetics that there is a God that is outside of us, that there's a power or something that is outside of us. Um, and that's why, again, I love the idea of storytelling of play, because I think such a big part of this is allowing ourselves to be really expressive and not take it all so seriously while at the same time still pushing through and striving and like getting things done. Um, and it's finding that balance, which is really unique to everyone. Um, no. So yeah, I feel like I just kind of jabbered there for a little bit. But no, it's perfect. No, it's a, and it's a, I'm, I'm always curious, of course, uh, hearing from channelers who integrate the material. I'm trying to you know 
because it's one thing to say it and then actually to live it. And, yeah. and, and we are, we, we, that's where the authenticity and the truth comes from because I mean, I'd before just now I was looking um, at a podcast, I had a uh, Daniel Scratton, um, another channel that you, you probably know. And he was in some podcaster was interviewing him and he, and it was, it was interesting because it, the question of course is, um, you know, Daniel has a, like a full calendar and he's booked up and, and he's, and, it's, and, it's, and the, the idea of planning and having to do something. Mm. And I think that comes, it can be integrated with the idea of service and obviously of course, more service to oneself and one has to, you know, give to receive as well. And, and, and also staying grounded in the flow that it doesn't have to be in any, anything, there's nothing has to be done. That's literally the one thing that I think we're all kind of learning. There's nothing, there's no must here. It is a path that we will go down no matter what. I mean, there will be, um, you know, the galaxy is moving, the universe is changing. Uh, it's rotating in ways that, you know, and, and we're being told that we're the center of that. And we just have to be really kind of stay a little bit still and let the, let everything around us do the work for us. And that's what, I mean, you, you probably want to interject there. Yes and no, right? So everything is yes and no. Everything eventually mm -hmm. winds back into a paradox. And this is the idea of all truths are true. And mm -hmm. this is the idea, depending on what level of the building, what mm, level, what multidimensional aspects you're looking through, what fractal of the prism you're looking through, um, is when one truth is more relevant than another truth. It's kind of like when you're writing a song, there's no wrong chord. There's, you can start with a, with a chord and you can go to any chord, but there's going to be one chord that's a better chord. That's just a better fit for that melody that you're writing. There's no wrong chord, but there's a relevant chord or a better chord. And in, 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 and in all cases, there's that aspect of it being this and that, and it being a series of contradictory ideas, depending on the individual, depending on the, the focus, the experience. Um, and this is another idea that I think is, is really interesting that it's something that the human experience has created is the, again, this is a part of the denser belief systems that are holding really true to the experience of polarity and the experience of separation. There needs to be ways to classify things. So our brains are really comforted. There's an aspect of that denser part of the ego that's really comfy when it thinks that it knows the answer mm -hmm. and when it thinks it sees, oh, it fits in this box. Um, but really there is no box mm -hmm. and there, there is the idea of non-action and allowing it to flow and the idea of some days you just have to push and you have to move and you have to move through a healthy amount of stress to, to do it. And finding the balances such as honoring going back to the idea if you have a full schedule honoring in every moment and every breath is it my true alignment integrity joy to take the opportunity to say you know what i'm actually really tired today and thank you so much for being accommodating but i need to reschedule or is it really in our alignment, in our integrity to be like, I don't really want to do this today, but um, 
okay, it feels the best to just be Mm -hmm. in my integrity and push through and go to the gym or honor the commitment. And then usually we receive some type of benefit from that, from, from pushing through. So there's never one way to, to simply answer things. And I think that's a level of kind of the next phase of our journey is, and we're seeing it a lot right now, right? We're seeing a lot of people needing to believe that they know what's true. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing this creating a lot of friction and animosity. And I think for those of us that are within the spiritual practice. Everyone can be spiritual as well. I think we're seeing that a lot more and more people that maybe don't even have any idea of these concepts are depicting a lot of these traits and stepping up into their own universe reality. Um, But for those of us that maybe have a certain level of understanding of metaphysics, it's time for us to make sure that we really have a a deep understanding of metaphysics. and to know that there isn't one easy way to box things because really there is no box. And that makes us feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. If we're really honest with it, we're like, whoa. And for me personally, that's when I start to really feel the psychotropic, psychedelic experience start to take effect. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of like when you begin to go on a journey with a plant medicine, there is the moment where the ego may try to fight you, where you get scared and where you go into the place of believing or thinking that you need to have control. And I think that's what's happening to our collective consciousness on a greater level is we are in the moment where we took the medicine, there's no going back, it's in your system. And we're starting to to go into that space of liftoff and going into the state of really surrendering into the paradox, into the contradictory loophole and then from there the all unconditionally loving space of existence mm. no i mean we obviously that's that's our you know the the idea of having a story which we go back to that is why we came here obviously too because in our natural existence i mean we don't have identities and we're not you know we're not i mean and we what it means identity i mean i think it's more of a we than a and I, I think it's more of a, you know, a union that, um, and there's the paradox probably there too. It's both. <laughs> it's, both. it's a paradox. It isn't that. Absolutely. Uh, and, you know, and we're also there at the same moment we're here. And so this is actually also non-physical. I mean, to say that there's, you know, it's obviously yeah. a subset of non, non-physical. And I think that uh, the, it's just that the old ways that we're doing won't work anymore. I think that's what people mm-hmm. are discovering. So obviously follow the inspiration but be prepared where when there's a you know you know you know when you get you can't go any further that's Mm -hmm. usually where you probably should stop you know you know if you're well, it's an inv- it's an invitation as well. It's also about in each and every moment, each and every moment, mm-hmm. redefining what it is that we have been told that something is right, and and making everything a golden opportunity for the next lesson, for the next journey, for like the next level of like deep excitement. Like we really can get to the place mm-hmm. where we say something right that we think is like, oh, it's so. St- so intense and scary and the hybrids will be like oh well how exciting (laughs) like we really can get to the place where that's how we view everything and so Mm. in that situation when we we reach the block we can know oh 
okay, yeah, moment of mystery. Exactly. Moment of surprise. This is an indication that I'm going a different way. It's an invitation for redirection. Like how fun, how exciting. And this just becomes the process again and again and again of, again, going back to the formula, choosing the joy, reminding ourselves like a waking meditation in each and every moment. And it builds like a muscle mm. in my experience, that ability to shift and to remember and to find that place of like, oh my gosh, how exciting. And it's also too, I feel like a lot of times people get uh, caught up in some of the new age positive thought thinking. So I always like to, to remind people as well that it can be really beneficial to always honor our belief systems and always honor where we are. So if you are experiencing something that you don't outright objectively prefer, it's not beneficial if you push yourself directly to being like, oh, yay, this is exciting. Even though really your honest reaction is like, this sucks. I'm scared. I'm uncomfortable, right? You can choose to slow it down enough to be like, okay, I'm choosing to play with the idea that I can see this as exciting. Okay. Right? And then there's the aspect of our denser belief systems that feel us being really honest and bringing that higher perspective in a way where the denser aspects can really begin to feel it and trust it and merge. And then from there, we can really, again, continue to build the muscle of being like, oh, well, how exciting in really organic, authentic ways where we aren't forcing ourselves to have positive thought response because it's mm. not about that. No, definitely not. Uh, yeah. And I'm curious about like for, so uh, what do you offer as services? I know you do the vocal channeling. Uh, do you integrate this idea of what you learn in theater as well into some sort of therapeutic um, service? Or Yeah, so uh, thank you for asking. Yeah, right now I am providing uh, private sessions with Bella. Um, so I go into the altered state and people can interact with her. And in that experience, all things can arise. And she definitely pulls from different uh, trainings that I have within my brain in terms of different theater games that can be used in a therapeutic way. Um, and then I also provide uh, what I call integration sessions uh, with, with me as myself. Um, and that can be done as a standalone session that can be booked after or before a Bella. It, that, doesn't, that doesn't matter. And in those circumstances, I also pull from my uh, wealth of knowledge in terms of uh, theater and all sorts of different things. And it is an excitement of mine to, it's kind of the, um, along with the stories and sharing more of uh, Bella's perspective of the Yale world, is also creating different online retreats or classes that are precisely geared towards towards utilizing theater games and techniques and play to allow people to build that muscle of self-expression, of honoring their emotions and being able to remember that we are in an experience and that everything is coming from us. So that's something that I will be sharing a little bit down the line. I'm formatting that right now. No, I love it. I love it. I love the playful aspect of it too. And Jennifer yeah. Wan, who was also on the show, uh, and I had a few so I had a session with her and also um, did some uh, some impromptu stuff on, on Zoom. And, and, and you know, she's a very, that, I, I like that style of just total free movement and expression. And that's like literally seems to me like we just get people to move a bit more, you know, <laughs> this, this opens up higher realms of thought. And that's for many people that makes no sense because they're like, you know, 
if I, you know, even the idea of just feeling good will give you better, a better view of reality. Mm-hmm. That does that, that, that doesn't make sense for a lot of people. Like, no, it's not. Mm. That's, you know, you have to be analytical and think, mm. think hard, hard, hard. But if you just like play with things, you like things just fall in and, and and you're shown, and you're like, okay, exactly. And that's channeling. Yeah. Right. Anytime that we're really in that in that play in the action of our joy, and there's so many different ways. And it's you know when we lighten up and have fun and remember that it is an experience in that way. That's when these nuggets of gold um, can come to us. And and yeah, it's really always about finding that balance too, right? Like it is like there's no like this or it's always and that's such an indication of how beautiful and multifaceted and dynamic we are is that sometimes it is relevant to really feel the emotions or to go into the analytical side or to, to just play like we're always moving across the spectrum and that's the the beauty of it and it's I just have to say too it's I love it's so exciting to see more of us stepping out and sharing our uh, our own channelings in our different ways I know Jennifer and it's so nice to see you doing this and I know Tyler and I'm, um, I'm forgetting the other, uh, Michael, right? Mike Scranton. Scranton. Yeah. yeah. Have you seen his work? I, I mean, the, the Michael Scranton, I mean, open up. It, it seems very, it's, you've seen how he channels, right? Oh yeah. It's amazing. I mean, it is amazing, but you have to, if you're not, if you, if it's the first thing you ever seen from channeling, you're going to be surprised because you need to be prepared a little bit, but he gets into that vocal state and that, very physical aspect of his yeah, face. Yeah, it's beautiful. He puts himself out there as an, you know, as you know, an actor, an actor that's like, a, you know, that's, that's, you know, and then it opens up so many possibilities too. Yeah. Uh, and then I think it's from, comes from a very authentic place. It certainly does. Yeah. It's, it's so stunning to see his level of commitment to the expression and just allowing the energy through and we're all doing it in our own ways. And it's so exciting and beautiful to see, and there's room for everyone. And I, I know quite a few people that are beginning to step up and share their offerings. And I just, I just want to state that there's room for all of us and we're all so needed no, to, no. to step forward at this time and to, um, point out different um, offerings at the buffet table. And also I know Tyler as well, and you mentioned his name earlier and he's wonderful and his, his work as well. And um, yeah, and it's just so important to, to, you know, it's an endless buffet that we can pick and choose from. Definitely. Wonderful. Well, Gita, I'm very, very appreciative that you took the time to be on the podcast and uh, definitely feel like I've expanded and I'm sure the viewers and listeners have as well. Yeah, well, thank you so much for inviting me. It was a pleasure uh, connecting today. And thank you again for being you and, uh, and stepping forward. So, so thank you. Thank you. Bye. All right. Aloha. <laughs>